So today I'm joined by Graham Potts, who is the founder and MD of Wessex Commercial Solutions. Now, this is an organisation who helps organisations and businesses across the southwest of the UK to understand the commercial and money flow within their business. And from a holistic perspective, this is the thing that is very different about Graham and the work that he does. And we're going to get into talking a little bit about that, because I think when a lot of people think about accountancy services, they think, oh, tax returns and the like. It's a lot more than that, as Graham, I'm sure, will explain. Um, so, Graham, do you want to give a, a little bit more of an eloquent uh, description of the kind of service that you, because obviously I've done just a little intro there. But what, what is it really all about from your perspective? Well, uh, thanks, Neil. It's more accountants can give more than just the compliance. So you've got the kind of compliance of doing year-end accounts, tax, and, you know, a lot of accountants are very good at tax planning, et cetera. Um, but there's, I see there's two different types of accountants. Uh, there's the accountants that have been brought up in practice and those in industry. Um, and those in industry are more aligned to looking at the business. What we've tried to do and what we've done as Wessex, we've brought in together practice and business accountants and actually people that have had their own businesses. So actually we walk in business owners' shoes. Because most of um, business, as if you're running a business, what you find is that it's really, really lonely. You know, I've had my own businesses. I've been in corporate as an MD and, you know, had two and a half thousand employees under me. It's, it is really lonely. And what we do is try and be a sounding board um, for our clients. So actually give them ideas and, you know, sort of strategies and that. So they can actually look forward because, Accountants generally look back. They look back at what's happened in the past. The past is gone. You just got to use what's happened in the past to look at what's going to happen forward. And it's all about the commercial understanding. It's the understanding of, you know, sort of how to build a sustainable business, which is, you know, sort of sustainable customers. You've got, re you know, repeatable income coming through. You've got that flow coming through that you're not having such a uh, fast staff turnover. You're looking after your staff. And it's all the, you know, everything that goes with it. And also like looking at supply chain. Have you got a, a sort of a, you know, is your supply chain um, robust enough? What happens if you've got one major supplier and they go bust or, you know, something happens like, you know, your, supply, your supplier was from Russia. What happens then? Because you can't get it now. So it's, it's just trying to come up and talk to people and actually think about their business in more than just, you know, sort of the day to day. Because business owners generally, are so involved it's everything's going wrong at the moment you know they've got so many issues going through brexit covid the war that you know you've got staffing issues you know sort of you've got supply chain issues you've got the sort of all the import export duties tariffs taxes and everybody's so confused and everything everything is harder than it was three years ago so we tried to take the you know, chaff, the wheat from the chaff, you know, sort of cut out the noise and actually focus businesses on where they're going forward to help them grow sustainably. I think it's lovely the way that you just talk there about this loneliness really that I think I and mean, it isn't just I guess small business owners it can be you know all the way through you know even to the corporates where there is this kind of sense of well both chaos out there in the big big wide world you know the supply chain issues and everything that you described there but also I think feeling a little bit potentially isolated with this uncertainty and, and 
that's a, it's a really interesting kind of prospect, I, I guess, for people who have maybe had it very good for quite some time. And now they're finding that the challenges of kind of this, this kind of new world that we've kind of entered in this side of pandemic, which is very, very different. Have you, have you seen, as, as you've been sort of traveling around and obviously having the conversations that you have, have you seen any sort of particular patterns that kind of come out to you as as far as this uncertainty is is concerned, because you know from a marketing perspective, which is the angle obviously I take, it's been really interesting, and the uncertainty has has almost built this kind of resistance to kind of you know be innovative, this resistance to kind of you know, do something that I don't necessarily have to do. All I'm going to do is just re- kind of almost revert to survival mode. Do, do you see something similar from a commercial perspective? I think. No, it's more that they're just so busy. There's so many, you know, it's so many issues happening and they get, you know, where you used to, you have problems that cross over. Every business has problems. Um, I call them like spinning plates. They've just increased. That's the problem. And what happens is that, you know, you know, I've got, I have to be very careful because, you know, sort of saying the right things. and everything. But what you're finding is with people, especially when you're going you know, with the pandemic, what's happened is that you go into like businesses a combination of the pandemic and Brexit has caused a lot of issues. People just don't know. And they're, I wouldn't say winging it, but there's a lot of uh, businesses out there that are having to wing it. And what you find is that it's the same with the corporates. I mean, you try and get hold of someone, a government or corporate, how do you, you know, you used to, you used to moan about how to get hold of them, but now, and then when you talk to them, are you talking to the right person? Because if you, unless you've got the, the computer says yes, and it's simple, they don't know the answer, in which case it's getting worse and worse. And what you've got is you've got this buildup of all these problems. And sometimes they're very small. So, you know, I, my brain looks at it. If I've got a problem and someone's overcharged me and I'm turning over three million and someone overcharged me 10 pound, it costs me more to go back to them unless it's 10 pounds multiplied by a thousand times. But if it's a one off, forget it. Move on. The t- people have got to think about their time now. The time is so important. I think people are realizing that because with COVID, you know, people actually started to, you know, spend time with the family and actually talk to people, you know, talk to the family and that sort of. And what you've got to realize is time is so vital. You know, it's the one resource that we haven't got. You know, we're all going to, you know, we've only got a limited time. And I think you've got to match time with cost and, you know, where you're going, sales and everything, um, because otherwise you'll just get, lost in everything that's happening and i think that's what we try and do is help businesses sort of focus on prioritize on what's really important um you know sometimes you know it's like you know we're we're talking just as wessex we're talking about um we just had a review of uh, say our software charges and we found there's some errors there well the software is going up anyway in september you know and we're not going to go and put you know put someone up two pound now and someone up one we'll just do it always a one in september it might cost us, say, fifteen pounds now, but the time to go in and then change it again is far more than the fifteen pounds. And I think you've got to realise time is money. Mm, it's interesting, isn't it? it? It 
kind of, I guess, opens up opportunities for organizations to be kind of balancing probably more so than they've ever done the whole kind of strategic longer term view with tactical, as you say, kind of light touch, quick decisions, let's move on. The, the real kind of tactical piece. I mean, do, do, do you see organizations almost forgetting about the longer term strategy now? And it is very much about those immediate decisions. Let's survive this year, see where we are. Let's pivot. Let's do something a little bit different rather than sort of saying, hey, let's aim towards this amazing kind of three to five year, you know, sort of panacea that we sort of see in the future. Do you see people really making much more immediate short term decisions at the moment? I, I think they've got, a, yeah, I, I think you have to be more that I can say you've got that vision where you're going because you need to know where, you, where you're going but you've got to also realize that you know you're traveling from Land's End to John O'Groats and you're traveling up the you know sort of you've just got to Exeter and you know so you're going up towards Bristol but you may have to go towards Yeovil because something changes so you've got to have that you know the tactical you've got to keep on changing a little bit and change it around but you've still got to have your vision your, you know your values and that links everything where you're going but I, I think the problem we've got, I can see at the moment, is that there's so many people that actually things are taking so much longer. Everything's taking time. You know, sort of trying to order, you know, supply chain is coming through. It's not coming in as a bat. You know, you order 10 things and 10 widgets and you get three. And they try and charge you, but your client, you need to put 10 widgets into something that's going to make, you know, the project product and the customer will not pay for it until it's got the whole product. So everything's slowing down. So it's having a massive effect on cash as well. Um, and you've asked for those 10, but they're paying three. And like I said, they're trying to charge you for the three and sort of chasing up the money and say, no, I asked for 10. I, until I got the 10, I don't want that. That's not the order. Um, and it's all little bits like that that are causing problems. Um, but it, you are seeing the, the smarter companies are thinking, are thinking ahead when we come on to sustainability. You've got to be thinking that way because it is changing. There are things coming through that's going to make a big difference. It will take time to filter through to the smaller businesses, but it's coming. You can see it. It's, you know, um, I'll just give you an example, you know, sort of like, you know, carbon offset and carbon taxes. You know, at some stage, it's a bit like the plastic tax. I don't know if you know about the plastic tax. Although they say, I don't know, one in 10 or one in 20 companies have done it, have actually um, signed up, but they're trying to tax on plastic. It's going to come in with carbon and think other things as well. You know, how do you think the government are going to get their money? They've got to get money back for furlough and all the costs and all the help they've given. How? Where's it going to come from? It's going to come from finding the new ways of taxing. And that actually fits with the ethical sustainability and everything else. Mm. So th this is a really interesting one. I'd say you've, you've beautifully you know seamlessly linked into obviously where we're going here with this whole kind of this word sustainability and I, I do want to kind of do a much deeper dive into that in a moment but it's, it's interesting the way that you kind of describe it there because I mean I've been from from a marketing communications perspective looking to support you know businesses and, and organizations you know for many years now in terms of trying to understand and to almost sort of pick apart some of the, the little details to at least make a start on the sustainability journey. And one of the big barriers that I've often sort of come up with is this kind of, you know, the commercial reason for doing it. Yes, ethically and morally, organizations say, yeah, it's a great thing. Yeah, of course. 
but then it's kind of almost like, but I need to go back to the day job because we've got, as you say, you know, the supply chain issue and I've got to make that call and I've got to do this. And they get so, so distracted so quickly. Do, do you feel that we're almost at a point now where it's this kind of perfect storm that, you know, we have, you know, the emergence of this new taxation. We're going to have probably regulations in certain industries. There's going to be legislation that's going to come in shortly. And couple that with, as we've seen here in the UK, particularly in the south of the UK, you know, wildfires suddenly springing up, which brings everything so much closer to home. So it, rather than being, oh, it's the problem for tomorrow and something that's kind of a little bit too distant to worry about, we'll worry about it when it arrives on our doorstep. Now it's at the doors of the business. It's kind of, oh, my God, it's coming in. We've now got to really start to pay attention. Do, do, do you see this almost being like right here, right now, August 2022? almost at the start of this perfect storm do you from your perspective do you see that at all yeah i i see yeah two perfect storms um i see the one where at the moment you've got all these issues you've got supply chain you've got the staffing you know can you find the right staff um you know sort of with brexit and everything else everybody's too busy and everything um inflation you know 10.1 percent all these things happening yet we're talking about recession and i believe we are in recession i think it's you know it's there but the Southwest sometimes is protected. It's protected because of um, Hinkley on the construction side. So that's drawing in, you know, sort of resource and everything and creating value. Um, you know, and that'll probably take long, a long, long time to come to fruition. So you've got that sort of thing and actually think, well, it's not going to happen. But it is. It will happen. It's. It, I've, I've been in business too long. It's just a cycle. It's going to happen. But I also think I, I take my going back to the point on um, these taxes and what's happening. I see it very similar to what's happened with um, ISOs, uh, QA, you know, quality assurance, you know, health and safety, environmental. So all the, you know, 9,001, you know, sort of 40,001, was it 20,001, 27,001 now? What's happening is that initially everybody does it and some people will do it. And, you know, the you know, I can always remember when I was in corporate, we suddenly got a manual that big and it was like put on your desk, that's your procedures. And it's like... Uh, Got to be careful what I say, but it's like off. We don't do any of that. And when the assessor comes in, they you know rummage around, try and get the stuff. Whereas now it's changed to much more, um, you know, like actually get the system, actually your system, and they've changed that. It'd be the same with this. But the big thing is it's coming from the government. Then it's coming through the you know government bodies. Then it'll come into the big corporates. And what's happening? It's a bit like you need you know ISO nine thousand and one quality assurance. You need that. And they need to have that tick in the box. Otherwise, you have to go through loads of procedures and you know you may not get onto the tender list. It's happening now with carbon offset, carbon reduction. Um, I was talking to someone earlier and they were saying and that was a company up in North Wales. They have lost a government school contract because they couldn't answer the questions. So it's coming. It will be driven down from the top. And what it is, is that, you know, that's the big thing I see for SMEs that, you know, to actually get the message across is if you don't actually come into this and think about how it affects your business, it's really, does it affect your supply chain? Does it affect your customers? What's going to happen? And also you've got the staff because a lot of staff are starting to think, you know, sort of about the environment as the young, especially generation Z or whatever it is coming through. It's like people are starting to think about this and they you know, so you might as a sustainability if you've got the right message and you follow that through as a business, you will get the right staff, you know, you'll get the right supply chain, but it's also, if you're there, you'll get the customers. So when you're talking about it's here, 
it may not be affecting you today, but it's going to come. And I think you've got to be ready for it. Mm, I think it, just as soon as you said you're not going to get on the tender list. That, to me, that was the big stick. Because I've been playing with this whole kind of carrot and stick thing in this commercialising sustainability debate, I guess I could call it that, in my head. Um, and to me, it's partly carrot and partly stick. And I think the stick is beginning to materialise. Yeah. I mean, you know, Mark Carney, as everybody knows, said you know, a few years back, you know, if you are not taking this whole sustainability thing seriously in your business, you will not be in business. I mean, it's you know very well known sort of quote. I'm paraphrasing there, but but to me that whole thing about you will now no no longer be on the tender list. It's a, it's a really really serious thing, isn't it? Organisations are almost going to be suffocating themselves if they just leave this till tomorrow. You've you've got to start now, haven't you? You've got to start now, and just the start now is probably just the awareness and actually the education. Um, get yeah, I was talking to. Um, what well, the meeting I had earlier was someone who actually provides like education on that. Um, and I believe that's what's going to happen. Start with it's more awareness and, you know, because uh, businesses know, you know, it's, they know that you can't change. You know, if we look at the Hinkley model, um, when they were trying, they're trying to get local companies in, they knew that a local company, if they wanted to try and get them in, that they knew if they didn't have the uh, ISO 9001, that was okay. As long as they got audited and they were moving towards that. So, a lot of these is awareness, having the policies in place and awareness of where it's going. And actually, you are trying. So it doesn't matter. You know, if you look at, uh, like I said, the ISO model is if if you've got a, a non-conformance, as long as you work towards it and you can see where it's going, depends whether it's minor or major, they're happy. You know, it's just it's, it's the mindset to actually work towards something. And a lot of this is efficiency. And it's actually understanding that, you know, sort of, it's an it's a efficiency, but understanding the world we live in and it will, you know, with climate change and everything, the environment, it will change. There will be more and more pressure as time goes by that it will start with, it'll be awareness. Then it's actually not just ticking a few boxes. You've actually got to do what you say you do. Um, and that will take a few, maybe a few years to come through. It depends what part, what um, industry you're in, but it's coming. It's my message. It's, mm. it's here. Yeah, I know you're a big evangelist on the whole efficiency thing. I mean, you're an accountant, of course. You want to get the best bang for your buck, don't you? You want to get the best return on investment. You want to see the best possible returns for your clients. You would, you know, it's naturally how you are almost programmed in your DNA to do that. But do you see that the efficiency thing now becoming almost, it's, it's like a mantra for good business? But maybe back in the day, you could kind of get away if you had a good brand or you had some good products. You didn't really need to worry too much about efficiency. But now it feels just from sort of piecing together all these pieces of the jigsaw that you're describing, it feels like the common thread through this is ultimate efficiency in you know the people, the processes, everything that you do as a business. If you can strip away that noise, that chaos, you know, potentially suppliers who aren't that efficient as well, so it goes beyond the the, you know, the, the walls of the organisation. Do, do you see that as one of these first steps in this journey that you describe, really kind of attend to what you can become more efficient in? I believe so, because I, I believe efficiency is there. I mean, I think, you know, you come into my business, you probably find there's efficiencies that I'm not even seeing because you can't know everything. But the number of times I see as businesses grow that they have different layers of information because they don't trust what's in their accounting system, for instance. 
So if you don't trust it, fix it. Don't go and put a different spreadsheet. You know, that nowadays you have systems that can all integrate that actually, as long as you put the information in correctly once, you may have to export it. But the more times you have human touching it, the worse it's gonna, the more prone to error it is. So it's how you set things up. So if you set it up correctly to start with, and you train the people how to use things and you continuously train because people don't get it from just looking at a you know one online course or being in a course they retain was it something like seven percent and they say it can take 15 20 touches to learn something if you have that continuous training continuous sort of like mindset train them just cut out wastage and it's also finding out do you actually need that you know, I've been into businesses before and I've gone in and said, well, who's had, you know, why do you have this report? Well, I'm doing this report. How long does it take you? Oh, you know, day a week. Well, who did it? Well, I've, they've always done it that way. So you go and say, and you find it's someone who's left. And I say, well, who looks at it? And then you go and find, you go and talk to the MD, CEO, and they say, well, yeah, I look at it. Well, how long do you look for it? About two minutes. And what part of that do you want? Well, I don't know. Oh, maybe that bit. Well, if I give you that bit in a different way and that takes me five minutes to do once a month, is that better? Yeah. Well, I've just saved all that time. And it's actually understanding, you know, it's just keeping to, this is why I say you're trying to, to get the noise. Sometimes we have, we either, we go too complicated and, you know, as we grow and we put on these layers and you have people that come in and, that, you know, sort of business owners trust these people, but then they be, if you're not careful, sometimes I've seen it, you know, and I'm not saying this is everywhere, but I've just seen, I've seen it where people actually protect what they've got. That's not the type of people you want. You want people that's got the open, you know, learning mindset and, you know, communicating things and actually want someone to come in to train someone up to be better than you. That's what you want. You want those type of people because otherwise people protect, they hold back the good ones because they make them look good. And it's all those things you've just got to think about uh, as you grow. But I do believe efficiency, I think most businesses and mine's as well, you can find ways to make it more efficient, but it's whether it's valuable. And with that valu valuableness, what you've got to look at is the 80-20 rule. You spend 20% of your time to get 80% of the, you know, sort of the benefit. Then you spend 80% of your time to tweak the last 20. Most times you haven't got the 80% time, so focus on the 20, make decisions on the best information and sort of get, make sure you're getting that information as accurate as possible so you can make the right decisions. So it's a lot there anyway. Yeah, no, it's, it's so powerful, this stuff, because I think that the lovely thing that I'm really picking up here from you, Graham, is, and I'm sure everybody you know, listening and watching this is kind of getting the essence of this too, is that, that less truly is more. Which, which is so lovely. And this time of chaos and confusion and kind of, as you said, right at the outset, you know, just complete busyness. Everybody is just chasing their tail. If you can give yourself the luxury of just that clarity of less is more, I can do less things, but they're the right things. I can prioritize. I can strip out the things that we don't really need. And I can encourage my whole supply chain or value chain, depending on how you look at it, to do likewise. I can almost sort of create this ecosystem where there's space, there's time. And then I can start to think, OK, let's get back to the future. Let's start to do some planning. Let's start to, you know, consider where we're we going with this. And so it's a it's almost like a win, 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 isn't it? Because there's there's no yeah. downside to this stuff, is there really? 
No, it's not. It, 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 it's not easy. Don't you know? I, I mean, I've been there. It's, it's not easy, and it's a, it's you know, it's up here. You've got to change your mindset um, and realize, and sort of you know, and it's also that as you know, you've got to realize the type of person you are because, you know, I'm still, I'm still, you know, I'm an accountant, so I'm a bit of a control freak, but I've had to let go. It's like ugh, pull my arm off. You know, no, I can't let go. I'm the best at doing it. I'm the best at doing that. Well, you might be the best at doing it. But is that the best use of your time? You know, you know, as a business owner, most business owners, I'd say, in the set, you know, small business owners or small medium business owners, the best time use of the time is looking, being on the business, looking at the business, and also being for you know, looking after the best customers and cr creating those best customers. You know, because they they are passionate about their business, they love their business, they know their business, and it's very hard to find enough employees, enough people to come through that actually have got that same care, attention, knowledge, feeling about their business. Mm. Do, do you think, and we kind of, we've touched on the whole sustainability thing and um, carbon literacy and, you know, becoming more educated in this thing. Do, do you think those kinds of business owners that you've just described there, where they've got a passion, there's a real essence of, you know, who they are as a business, who they are as people, um, the kind of the brand position that they've created in their little marketplace. And for most of us, we are operating in little marketplaces because we're not, you know, big global multinationals. Um, the vast majority of businesses are SMEs. And do, do you think the ones who are really feeling that passion are the ones who are actually seeing a real kind of commercial advantage now? I'm kind of almost trying to lead our conversation here into this sustainability thing, because if as a customer you spot a... Um, a business owner or another company in your supply chain or a brand that you might be considering and you spot that they are both passionate they're thoughtful they're kind of progressive they're not part of the noise but they're also doing good ethical moral sustainable kind of carbon friendly things do, do you see that kind of sustainability thing now coming to the fore in terms of the most successful businesses that you encounter or is it kind of still there in the background is, is it becoming a thing i think it it depends what you know there could be different with industries i think it's coming there i don't say it's right there today but i do know that if you're if you're in you know if you're in a corporate say you know let's have a look at a corporate model um you you're basically uh you know sort of on the, a plc company basically as a plc company you know if you're a director of a plc company you've probably got massive share options Okay, nice big salary in that. You know, whatever you think or whatever, what you want to make your business look good, you want it to make be profitable, you want it to have as little noise as possible, you want it to have a good ethical feeling. So what will it do? It will look for supply chain that meets that criteria. Supply chain that can make money for them. You know, sort of obviously they're very cost conscious. So they're but if they they're also look at ones that make them feel good. And if there's some businesses out there that actually they feel that actually can make a difference to them, there's there's two things here. One, they will, you know, use them, you know, because that's what happened. If you if you've got that feeling, you'll be wanting to, you know, it can be good for your, you know, your corporate responsibility, you know, your PR, et cetera, to have sort of, oh, we've used, you know, we work with this company sort of thing. But also uh, those are the sort of company I can see them actually looking to acquire them as well. Because it gives them, you know, it's it's actually it's not just the money. It's to, it's the PR. It's the kudos. 
you know, you keep on seeing like these oil companies trying to say, you know, they're doing something else with wind or, you know, sort of solar, whatever it is. I can see them if there's something there, they'll want to have this company or, you know, be involved with that company to say, I'm doing this. You know, this is something we've, you know, we've looked at and we're doing this to, you know, you know, look at, you know, the emissions. We're looking at the carbon offset. So this company helps us to do it. So I can see it happening. And I think it's, you know, like I keep on saying, it's going to get driven from the bigger companies and um, government bodies because they will want to use, um, whether they, they see the enthusiasm, it's just how that makes them look, how they feel, you know, how, how it makes them look in that, you know, in the wider context for their shareholders and for their, you know, sort of uh, customers, etc. Mm. It's when when you talk about the kind of the the investment side of things, or potentially if you know you have an SME and you're kind of thinking about exit strategy and stuff like that, this feels like that's a real commercial edge. That if you can be seen to be super efficient, highly profitable, sustainable in the same breath you become a very, very attractive option here, don't you? Is that, as you were describing that, I was thinking about, you know, this kind of emerging market of, you know, green investment, green pensions. And, you know, a lot of people now, it seems, if you listen to the media, are kind of migrating into, you know, I guess you could call it mindful or conscious pension administration or conscious investment so that they are only going to work with or have in their portfolio organizations and brands that are, are doing good for the planet so they're not going to just take the most profitable option they're going to kind of almost offset that against doing the right thing so it kind of it sounds like you're sort of seeing this at an sme level as well as a corporate level you know that this almost feels like there's a real commercial advantage beginning to kind of emerge from this and when i talked about carrot and stick this feels like this is the carrot dangling in front of the business owner it's like what do you want to do with this thing it's an opportunity I see it as a massive opportunity because, um, first of all, you know, if you're, you know, I've bought and sold companies, I've done it, you know, personally, and I've done it in corporate, you know, around the world. And, you know, you look, what do you look at? You know, when you're, as a business owner, if you're selling your business, you've got to get in your mindset of your buyer, right? You should be thinking about your buyer three to five years before you're selling, thinking of selling. And you have to get your business into the best possible shape to get the best outcome for you as an owner, as a shareholder. Um, so you have to be as efficient as possible. Your business has to be sustainable. It has to make sure that it's got, you know, sort of up-to-date systems processes. These are all things that will tick the box to put the price up, you know, or actually make sure that they don't pull away. So you have to have your processes right. You have to have a good management team in place because you've got to be, as a business owner, you've got to get to a point where the business can survive without you. So you're on top of the business. So basically they can take it away from you, you know, because they might want you as, you know, on a contract for, you know, sort of a year, three years, whatever. But they want the business to carry on. It's a sustainable business. They also want to see that there's profits coming through, that they're going to be sustainable. They want to see where the supply chain is. You know, it's, um, they want to see where the customers, the, all the leads, all the lead generation, where's that coming through? What's the product, you know, what's coming out in the future? So they want all that, but they also want to make sure because they're, they've got to tick boxes. They've got to, um, you know, report on, you know, corporate responsibility, carbon offset, blah, 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 blah. So they want to make sure that you're thinking that way because that if you make it easier for them, you'll get it a better price. When you get into a buy-sell position, if you have little 
things that are not or things that are not in their place that's going to cost them money to bring you into their mode so it actually gives you a better chance of either getting a better price or they don't knock that first indicative price uh, i would say with caution please out to all business owners whatever you do if you have someone coming in whatever you do is just talk to professionals first for christ's sake whatever um because i've seen it too many times where companies get milked by people they're just coming in on a fishing exercise so you have to make sure that you're protected as much as you possibly can because even if they come in and then they do something afterwards have you got the money to fight them if they pinch one of your staff for instance or they take a the design the specialized design so be very careful what you give them when you give them um you need professionals with you to actually advise and make sure that you know you don't give away the family silverware before actually you've got the cash for it mm, sage advice from graham potts here because i think yeah, a lot of people can get um Yes, tempted by the uh, little pot of or potential pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and then just kind of almost lose sight of the detail. And I think what we're talking about here in this conversation really is the detail and it doesn't necessarily have to be complicated. I think what we've really established here and just to kind of really summarise, I think maybe some of the steps that... Um, you know, would be of interest to people listening to this if they're thinking about how can I commercialize this sustainability thing? I think what Graham's described here is efficiency. So be looking at your 80-20 rule, kind of really get to understand where you can become more efficient holistically across your organization. Keep an eye on the legislation. So that's the legal stuff that comes down from upon high, but also the regulations that may be really specific to your own um, sector that you're operating in because some of those could be subtly different. Um, and also just continually educate. I think what Graham has really described here is about this whole thing about be curious, you know, keep an eye on what others are doing. Look at the stuff that you can learn across this whole piece because that is really, really important. Anything else there, Graham, that I've kind of missed when we talk about bringing all these opportunities to bear, you know, commercially? Because obviously that's what we want to try and do here is make ourselves more profitable, more sustainable by considering this stuff. Is there anything I missed in that little summary? I don't think I think you're right. I think, uh, you know, you have to look, you know, it's like it's understanding that if you're in what markets you're in and sometimes that actually like when you're pricing, for instance, um, you can price a higher level in a different market um, or different, you know, for instance, uh, if it's, if you're dealing with a, a large company, you might be able to give, you know, sort of like, it's, if you're a consultant, you can probably, you charge a higher price for a larger company than a smaller company. All right. Um, and then if you're doing a project, if it's a larger project, you'll probably have to take less margin as a percentage than you would as a bigger, uh, a smaller company. Um and these are all things that you have to look at opportunities, you know, you know, because too many business owners just like price the same way for everything. Well, no, you've got to look at what time's on that and what's it really making as money there. And that's another thing with the efficiency is to have a look where your products and services are. You know, are you making money? You know, you might be making a you know reasonable margin, but could you make a better margin if there's something that you actually stop or change a bit, tweak a bit? Because I see it so many times, you know, let's have a look at um you know, sort of like a motor industry where the motor traders are basically subservient to the manufacturers. Or if you're in the food and drink industry and you're then involved with the, the big, you know, players, the big supermarkets, are you subservient to them because they set the pricing levels? 
And is that right? Can you make enough money at those levels? You know, because you'll make less as a percentage. Um, but you have to look at that and what the real cost is of those. So I think you have to look internally what you're actually making as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, so to actually see what actually and what time of people is against what. You don't have to spend a lot of time on it. You set it up right. It doesn't take a lot of time. But it's actually understanding that something you think could be, you know, is making you a lot of money is not making you any money because of all the amount of time and extra cost that's gone in into it that actually is deflecting from where actually you've got this little nugget over here that you're not spending a lot of time on because um, you don't think it's making any money, but it's actually making a big margin. If you pushed it, it can make a lot of money for you. I'm so pleased we've opened this Pandora's box of opportunity. It's just really good. I mean, there's just every which way you look, there's there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity. And, and in that almost becomes the chaos. And you need somebody like Graham to come in and just spot those opportunities, just to be able to see and be using somebody like Graham as a sounding board for maybe the ideas that you have or to uncover, as Graham has described, some of the things that you just don't see because you're too close to it. And I think there's the real commercial value of um, a service like Wessex Commercial Solutions coming in and actually, yeah, just really kind of... Um, yeah, just really opening up the opportunities for doing this thing sustainably so that you have a sustainable business. You're doing sustainability as part of that. But at the same time, you're actually thinking out of this feeling good about your business. And, and let's be honest, I mean, right here, right now, this is one of the things that we're all kind of seeking. So, Graham, let um, I'm going to let you um sort of describe how people can get in contact with you if people have kind of you've whetted their appetite and they think i need graham to come in and talk to me how can they get in touch uh best is um email me probably i know sort of the i'm an old, old bugger for that um graham potts um names up on the board but it's g-r-a-h-a-m potts at wessexcommercial.com um if you just go on or go on to the website, you'll see uh, how to get in contact with us uh, through chat or through info, etc. Um, yeah, just or I'm on LinkedIn. If you send me a LinkedIn message, uh, there's not many grand potsies about. So you should be able to search and find me uh, and just send me a, uh, a direct message. And I'll contact you. Uh, we like you know, most most chartered accountants will give uh, our advice free. We'd have a meeting, you know, virtual meeting. Um, you know, generally, I have a like a you know initial phone call or meet or video call, and then you know if it's follow up, I come and meet you know meet up with people. Um, the one thing I say with West is we don't chart. We'll tell you before we will agree a quote, and it's a fixed price quote. We do not give you. There's no surprises with us. And what we do is then we are spread, if that is a project, you know, like sort of doing something, we will spread it over and ask you to tie you in for um, six to 12 months. And then after that, it's up to you. You know, we'll just continue, but we look at the pricing continuously because um, often we don't know exactly what you want um, and you don't know what you want and you don't know us. Uh, so, yeah, but there's no cost, there's no obligation until you sign up with us. Uh, and there's no, it's not going to be high pressure sales because I personally don't like that. So we don't do that. Um, it's up to you. If you like us and we like you, yeah, we work together. If not, we don't. It's quite simple, really. Uh, life's too, like I said, life's too short. You've got to know with sales and marketing not to, if you don't fit, that's fine. 
it's one less to talk about. You know, doesn't worry me. Doesn't worry you. Let's move on. Still be friends. Mm. I still. The other thing I'd say now is I, you know, I'm always, you know, I've got, you know, like like yourself, got that list of contacts, and I, you know, if I think of something, I'm always, you know, putting people together, even non-clients. I still, you know, if I think someone, I see someone, someone says, oh, do you know something? I'll go and I'll help them to try. I try and connect because I think in this world, that's the other thing I don't think we've really met is collaboration. I think you just have to realize we're into a world more of collaboration and knowing that, you know, I believe I know that much of what goes on in the world, but I know quite a lot. And, you know, sort of, and I think you've got to have that mindset, continuous learning, you know, helping people, you know, I collaborate with other accountants you know, that some of them are better at doing something, you know, than we are, you know, so, and vice versa, you know, whereas others I won't because they haven't got that mindset. But um, I think you have to think that way now, uh, but you have to build up the trust, obviously, that they're not going to, you know, you're not going to step on each other's toes. But, you know, that's something that, you know, is a mindset that I've learned. Collaboration is definitely key, I think, going forward. Um especially in the world it's just like you you don't know and if you can collaborate with people it will give you a, such a stronger offering so so graham potts wessex commercial solutions thank you so much for your time today thank you neil thank you for everybody that's listening thank you